Hello, this is Kev, and welcome to the Life Success Engineer Podcast. This podcast is all about taking massive action in your life and business. Having the grit, the tenacity, the vision, the courage to take life on and achieve your goals. And also, in business, building a business of scale, automation, and systems. This podcast will share with you the strategies for you to take massive action on. Let's go. Hello everyone, this is Kev here from LifeSuccessEngineer.com and today I am up at Gareth's warehouse. He is my brother-in-law and I thought it would be great to uh, get a quick interview with him. He's been up here for the last seven months or so, so it's uh, it's great to be able to catch up with him, see how 2019 has been. <laughs> for the past, I guess, the, the last three years we've been doing sort of annual videos capturing his journey, so it's great to have you on, Gareth. Thank you. Good to <laughs> see you. Good to see you. Thank you. How's, how's the last seven months been in your new warehouse? Um, it's been really great, to be honest with you. Um, you know, being coming up into here and having the space is the first thing that hits you, to be quite honest with you. Um, that's been the thing for me that's really, uh, you know, helped the business grow, to be quite honest with you. Because um, having that space to be able to, you know, like the tables behind me as an example, having a proper prep station, a goods in, you know, uh, a prep area, and then also a goods out area makes a massive difference to having it all crammed around your kitchen table at home. <laughs> Absolutely. And you guys will probably be able to relate to that. So um, all of us, we all start from home, whether you're doing retail arbitrage, and we'll get into a retail arbitrage, we'll get into online arbitrage, and everybody starts at home, and you, you're filling up the house. Yeah. Uh, I remember going around to Gareth's house at like Christmas time, and he's got he's got products like all over the kitchen, up the stairs, in the <laughs> in the living room. So I bet it was a huge relief for you to, to come out into the warehouse, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, like you say, said with the pictures uh, I've taken, uh, I've got some pictures all with everything everywhere basically, uh, there was no real room to move in the house, we had to step over things and everything, so coming into here like we've just mentioned and having you know, a racking for starters mm. as an example and um, you know, just a place for things to sit Like it can be little things like what I found was, you know, return stock from Amazon is a yeah. prime example where you know, you might have this stock at home it comes in and it would maybe be left in a box somewhere and you're trying to shuffle through it all but then here you know we have a, a proper dedicated space for it and you know then we'll divide through that to see whether we what needs to go back to the store mm. to be returned or whether we can send it back in you know and it's allowed us to create a proper process to have in place to be able to move it, something from one area to another like is it going back in if it's going back in it goes up on that racking and so on and so forth you know yeah yeah and the thing is um Depending on whereabouts you are on your journey and what your ambition is, so you've got two options really. You can either get out into a prep service or you get out into a warehouse. Um, myself, I got into a warehouse. Uh, Gareth's obviously turned into a warehouse. And there's obviously a, a huge process involved in that in itself. So I guess um, what would be great to ask you now, Gareth, is those. When, well, how did it feel when you when you first got the keys to the warehouse? Because uh, if, you, if you haven't watched the, the videos previously and I'll put a, like a, a bit of a card up so you can watch the, the previous videos with Gareth but the last time I spoke to him it was he just got he got out of his job and he's working for himself at home but now he's got the keys it's a completely new sort of chapter 
chapter. So, can you remember how you felt like getting the keys and walking around with it all yeah, empty? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, to begin with, it's, it's overwhelming, to be quite honest with you, and it's exciting, you know, um, to have that place, you know, it, it, it had been something that we really wanted to do for quite some time. Um, I saw you move into yours with my sister and everything, and, you know, I remember taking the photograph for you while, you know, took that famous picture you've got where yeah, it's down yeah. from the top, but, you know, and, um, you know, so that's always been on the cards for uh, a goal uh, to be achieved. So, like any goal, I think, once you, uh, you know, get to that point where you're living in that, go you know, that moment, I think that's, uh, you know, it's fantastic. You can't really put into words to put the key in for the first time, to be handed them over, you know, to look around and sort of come in here when it was empty and uh, envisage where you want to put things and, you know, you're still playing now, really. <laughs> there is never a really a, a way you find that you want it. It's, uh, you know, you keep trying to move things around and find the best way because it evolves over time. You know, you, your processes adapt um, because you get better at it more and more. So, yeah, it's, uh, it was a very exciting time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I can, I can, I can, I remember it or like uh, probably about six months ago when I first walked around here, it just, it's just a, an amazing feeling to have your own, it's like, it becomes like your own it's like a real business, and I know, yeah. and and I know that uh, when you when you're at home. Because you, you're at home and you, you you've got you ha you're struggling with that separation between work life and, yeah, and, and yeah. personal life. But once you've got your a separate place, it now becomes like a little bit more like you've built something significant. Yeah. Um, and I know Gareth has got so Gareth's got a, a couple of employees, right? You've got yeah. you've got Jamie that's working here. So how how does the day to day look like in here now? Um, generally now, Jamie uh, is usually here first. Before for uh, myself to be quite honest with you so he'll usually come in he'll you know open up because uh, we've got these big glass shutters now to begin with it was something I was looking to get rid of we was asking uh, when we was looking to lease the place um, we asked if we could actually get rid of them but to be honest with you since we've been in here now you know it's uh, the part of uh, the feel-good factor in here now um, like today now with the sun just coming through you can even if it's raining you can still have the shutter up and the doors open you know the doors are there so it's great um, but he'll usually open up the place um, we then usually have our first deliveries of the morning turning up from nine o'clock so he's usually accepting those um, I'm a little bit later coming across because uh, I've started to try and get into a bit more of like uh, the brand side and things mm. like that as well so you know I'll spend a bit of time in the morning like, focusing on that side of things but then I usually get here from about 10 o'clock as well and I also have children so uh, it's doing a school run side of things as well so um, yeah get here for about 10 and then um, you know it's accepting the deliveries we're prepping uh, stock um, we're also looking or running a, a prep center as well so it's uh, all that stock coming in as well so yeah and then you know booking the deliveries to get them out again basically it's uh, but the process is fantastic now because yeah. the stock comes in we have the goods in areas that will come into this area at the side of us here um, where we also keep the boxes and everything at the moment I'll quickly show you here look so he's got like a huge space here which is awesome for the boxes the shipments yeah uh, right next to these huge doors right here look they're they're absolutely awesome I love them <laughs> and then um, in terms of the workstation itself you've got the tables and yeah huge amount of space here which is fantastic yeah. well to begin with we had more tables in here to be honest with you um, but what we found personally is we we have a prep center the first sort of uh, table over here is where we tend to do a lot of the D stickering and uh, you know we have a, a motion where we'll actually put into like uh, the first prep stage if we like so putting things
things into the, you know, if it needs taping or anything like that, it gets on this one. The second table is more for bundling. So if you're putting stuff like into a bubble wrap or putting it into poly bags, that type of thing. And then we usually have lots of boxes created all around in this empty space. And that's where we'll, you know, put everything into the, into the boxes and build them up yeah. basically. So yeah, and I guess a, a tip in that is it's quite difficult to do that at home when you've got limited space. I remember yeah. very well being in our own living room and you're thinking to yourself, right, where's, where can we have like a, a checking in area and where can we have like a, a preparation area? And the, the, tr the reality is you're going to struggle doing that yeah. in your house. Um, so when you, if you are interested in a warehouse, then that all of a sudden becomes a reality for you where you can, I bet you're so many, you're, I bet you're so much more efficient now. I yeah. bet you, the, the, your ability to, to organize your systems and get them in and out, I bet it's sped up so much, right? Yeah, I think for me personally, that's been the one key thing about moving into the warehouse has been the processes that we've been able to put into place, um, you know, and, and have, like we've just mentioned, a, a set place for something uh, to go into, uh, which makes it much more manageable. Like, you know, if something's still on there, like one of the, the we have, a, like I was talking about earlier, if you've got goods coming back from Amazon and you're wanting to, you know, uh, go through them and check whether they're, you know, resellable or you need to get a refund if it's feasible or so on and so forth. Um, you know, and we now have a, the shelving unit and if that's full um, every week, it's like we're asking ourselves, well, why is that full? Because we've got a process in place now to make sure that they get, you know, got round mm. to basically. And it's like you say, one of the one of the great business tool um, which you've just alluded to is if you've got like a, if you've got a shelf that is X by Y in terms of height and, and width, if that's full, that's like an indication that you need to action something. Mm. But when you don't have that, when you don't have that element of control and everything's just piling up and you don't really know where things are, that can start to creep more and more and more, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. You know, you end up with a, a few boxes kept there. Like I remember in the garage, it was getting to a point where, you know, we had loads of boxes in there and I was having to go in and, um, you know, through time and things like that, you know, we, we were trying to focus on prepping, bundling, getting it back out the door again. Um, and then maybe some of the little jobs where because you didn't have a dedicated space or a proper plan of action for it, you know, um, and that's maybe myself not putting a plan of action in, even at home if an is an example, but I think it's uh, when you've got somewhere dedicated for it, it makes a massive difference. Yeah. And you're always going to—it doesn't matter how big you make it. You're always going to—you're always going to fill it up. So depending on what standard that you decide to have, we used to use um, right back. Just a quick story for you again. We used to use these uh, the trays. We've got some. There's some trays down here actually. Yeah. There's like these trays here that you get like from the supermarkets and things. And we used to use that as like a returns container. And if it started to spill. All out of that, it was like, what's going on with yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know this what I mean? So yeah. that's something that you might want to consider doing in your own home. Have a dedicated chair or a shelf or whatever it is and just fill that up and then that's a trigger for you to action. Um, okay then, so let's go on to, um, let's talk about the sourcing of products a little bit. Okay, so Gareth, am I right in thinking that you're doing, you're doing a bit of everything right now, aren't you? are doing a yeah, bit of yeah. online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, as well as a bit of PL as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. We've uh, it's expanding <laughs> yeah. massively. We've gone into quite a bit at the moment, to be quite honest with you. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, retail arbitrage um, is still a, a massive part of my business, to be quite honest with you. It's where I personally started. 
did. Um, and to be honest with you, it's something I enjoy it still, to be honest with you as well. So, you know, we outsource quite a bit of the different bits um, to do with all the different areas of that. But um, the actual retail side of things is something that I still really enjoy doing. Um, you know, I, I get a, a bit of a buzz out of still going to the It lifts you up with energy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Finding those items and things like that. And to be honest with you, some of still to this day, some of my very best winners are still retail arbitrage finds. And that's due to maybe not being able to find them um, at the wholesalers that I'm currently using, um, you know, and, and various other reasons. But, you know, if, uh, if, it's, if it's making me money and making me good profit um, and it's another string to the bow, then I'm going to use it at the end of the day. And, and I think another really important part, what you've just mentioned there, is ultimately you've got to decide what, what you love to do in your business. So if retail arbitrage is something, you, you love it, like you, you're going into a store, you're, you're scanning, and it's like, you're like, it's like digging for gold and, and you're like oh my god I found the winner that's amazing and if that lifts you up with energy then that's absolutely fine like go do that and that's mm. what you do which yeah, exactly, is, yeah. which is why you're where you are right now because you're taking advantage of ultimately what lifts you up with energy this is it I mean Jamie's uh, works in here with me and uh, to be honest with you he tends to look a lot more after the wholesale side of things um, you know and um, the OA and things like that as well but to be honest with you it's uh, like the retail side of things I think you know we have looked to outsource that as well you know to be able to have you know a person who's working for us that just goes out to the stores does a you know local stores and things like that so it won't be me necessarily doing that continuing with but it's uh, but like because I still enjoy it I still like to get out there every now and again and just you know have a bit of a play see what we can find and uh, like I said to this day still some of my very best sellers are still uh, you know retail arbitrage finds which uh, you know they like any store uh, and for ourselves as well you go through the different um, sort of stages and quarters if you like so you have those different products that come into the stores yearly and then go out and then come back in again so you seasonal products if you like mm. and um, the best advantage uh, or best advice not advantage that I'd probably say uh, for me personally from a retail arbitrage perspective is you've got different products so you know if everybody's doing OA and wholesale and so on and so forth and you know again like I'm into wholesale myself and it's uh, the certain products you cannot find um, uh, all the time just through your wholesaler as an example so by using a retail um, like using the retail arbitrage side of things there's clearance items so it might be that this particular store is clearing out the stock as an example mm -hmm. now it might not be the whole company so online still everything's full price but your local store there you know they might be downgrading in store size uh, they might be upgrading whatever it may be and they're getting rid of that particular line of stock so that's cheaper than anybody else who's buying it online just because they're selling it out from that store mm -hmm. and that's some of the tips that I would say to you from a retail arbitrage fine point of view is that you can sometimes get those items which everybody else is having to buy still full price because they maybe don't do retail arbitrage and you're finding those clearance items um, and they can be gold, yeah. like real gold <laughs> so, so, I mean that's a huge tip that, I mean personally I, I don't do any retail arbitrage in terms of myself, but you know, going, it makes complete sense. The different stores are going to have different strategies. They're going to have their own um, liquidation uh, systems to get rid of that stock. Um, they may have new stock coming in, so they need to get rid of that line or whatever the situation is. And if you are, if if you get yourself going with the retail arbitrage, over time you start to get an eye for things. You start to like it, it's probably so. 
now, I don't want to say obvious, but it's probably like you walk in, you're like, you already know where, where winners are, right? Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I'm probably guilty of not looking enough anymore because I'll be going into stores and I'm looking from a replenishment point of view now rather than necessarily trying to find new stock. Um, and that's because over the years I've been doing it now, like you've just mentioned, you know, I'm going to certain stores looking for what I know to be winners, yeah. if you like. Um, and sometimes I'll have a bit of a play around and a bit of a scan. There's certain shops I cannot walk into, even if I'm trying to do a personal shop and not trying to do anything to do with the business that I just can't help myself if I spot something, like you said, you get an eye for it. And I think it's just like on, on um, you know, online arbitrage or wholesale, you get an idea of, you know, what sort of brands work well, what sort of style of products are, are good. And, you know, if you spot something like that, it's kind of like, oh, what's what's that? Mm. And or if there's a clearance area in a store, I'll check it out and just be like, wow, they've got these in. And it's, uh, you know, they might I might be buying them for £20 and they're selling for like 50 online. And it's like, um, wow, that's, you know, you can make some really good money doing that, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I would say. Like, if you are just getting started, if you're maybe watching this and you're just getting started, whether that is a retail arbitrage or an online arbitrage, you, you will... The, the more you do it, at first, just like anything, there's going to be a period of like, oh God, I'm not finding anything. Mm. Like you, it feels like you're just sort of banging your head up against the wall. But after a while, you start to, you see things differently. You yeah. start to you start to see it like like you're Neo from the Matrix or something. <laughs> like, I, I know that's going to be a winner over there. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess uh, a couple of final questions for you then, Gareth. Let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, for somebody that's maybe looking at a warehouse, let's yeah. just touch on how you've got in here in the first place. Okay. So how did you, how did you even start? Like, what is the process? Did you start just going online, just searching? Did you start driving around? How did you find this place? Uh, and, and what, and, and some of the considerations in terms of what is the right place? Is there, was there some yeses, potentials, and some outright no's? How did you go about all that? I think um, for myself personally, um, it helped having you ahead of us, if you like, uh, in the context of already moved into a, a certain place. So I had an idea of um, what sort of size I was looking for because of that reason. So we were looking for anything realistically about 2,000 square foot or above, um, but obviously within a certain budget, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And, you know, we looked around loads of different places um, and it was searching online, basically. Um, driving around was one of the key things as well. So uh, to be honest with you, a lot of it was driving around because although a lot of things were online, what I was personally finding is when you was ringing these places up, a lot of the time they was already gone. Like there's, there's a sign up there and it's been up there for ages, still says it's for sale. You'd ring them up um, as an example and, and it's gone already, uh, but the signs are still up as an example. Yeah. Or it's same with the online side of things as well so we started driving around um, and we was looking for about a year to be quite honest with you and a lot of that was down to the size versus the price of mm. what what you know um, what it was trying to charges versus what we could get it for and then those service charges like those underlying service charges which we wasn't it doesn't really come out and tell you about straight away until you've had a bit of a conversation, conversation with them yeah. um, so that that's things just for anybody who's wondering that's things like they sometimes put the rent on there so how much the rent will be um, as an example and then when you go you know you see the place and you're talking to the agent and then they'll give you a full breakdown of all costs generally then as well you know you should be able to find that on, on the website in most places but it 
might it might state service charges um, uh, you know are included as an example and then they'll tell you what they are if you're a bit more serious and so on and so forth but it might be things like a communal driveway where the, and, and garden that they have to look after and you've got to put into that part of being on that estate as an example um, so there's loads of different loads things. of different loads of different sort of hidden fees where it's yeah, like oh yeah. by the way you you also have to pay for this and you also have to pay for this yeah so you've got to be careful of that obviously yeah definitely so you know that that was a few things we had, we were struggling with um, because we maybe found a place that we thought was the right price but then the the hidden service fees and things like that took it up maybe another three four hundred pounds a month and you thought to yourself well maybe not then um, so yeah in, in the end it was actually to an extent it was coming into peak uh, it was obviously we moved into this place in the December which is not not really the ideal time I wanted to be moving in to be quite but honest peak with you. time where everything's <laughs> like hustle and bustle and yeah and, and now you're thinking about moving and <laughs> yeah so we'd been looking then it got to October and we'd kind of said to ourselves within our own sort of team that you know once it got to October we was gonna sort of like discontinue looking and look uh, after sort of peak if you like um, but then Jamie had carried on looking it was actually he found something on a website uh, and he found this place um, and I couldn't quite believe it because the price was very good versus the um, size of the place to be quite honest with you so uh, we rang them up straight away asked to come have a look because the price was really good um, came for a look around they said it actually be on the market for a little while but it wasn't in all the mainstream sort of like Zooplas and all those different types of agencies that you use online it was like uh, sold on its own sort of like like websites if you mm. like um, and you know just by chance we came across it came to have a look around um, the first thing I was drawn to is it's very um, probably not the right words but roomy so there's lots of it's, it's a big place but because there's rooms everywhere and walls it it's makes quite, it, it's very deceiving actually yeah. I mean it's very big yeah. but maybe you don't actually appreciate how big it is because, because of the walls yeah, there, yeah. And, yeah exactly and you know so to begin with I was a little bit like in my head I had the idea I wanted this you know big warehouse open space and that's you know the sort of thing I was looking for so we came in my first thoughts were a little bit like mm, I like it but I'm not too sure because of the rooms and the walls I don't know how I'd be able to work with that but to be honest with you since we've got into it it's, it's been fantastic because you can kind of corner off areas so definitely little cubby holes that we have stuck you know stock in and hidden away in and um, yeah so like uh, I really like it now it's uh, it adds a bit of character yeah. uh, to the place to be quite honest with you and then the, the bonus was for us that is the, we have the big mess upstairs um, and that's a, a big space up there to be quite honest with you and that makes up a lot of the um, extra space from down here I think it's actually about 1700 square foot downstairs um, and the rest is all upstairs um, but because it has these low beams um, they can't charge or for some reason they don't charge the full price because the beams are classed as not properly workable and they come down to about here so you have to duck underneath them but it's a massive space which allowed us this extra space but we don't have, you don't to, have pay to pay for, for it, it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we get up to 3,000 square foot just for the sake of you know and but when we save on that bit upstairs but we're only paying for the 1700 so yeah, yeah really good find <laughs> amazing amazing well you know it, for, for me personally it's uh, it's I'm very proud of Gareth because he's um, you know he's, he's been on this journey at the same time as me really like I remember the first year we got started we was out on holiday we we're having a beer making money online it was like
like a light bulb moment for us. So to see him go through the journey, and like I said, um, I'll put links in the description um, for the, the previous interviews that we've done, and you'll see from him back at home, and then you'll see him when he quit his job, and now here in the warehouse. So where can where can people find you, Gareth, if they want to follow your journey a lot more? Um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's probably the easiest ways to find me. Uh, if you're on Instagram, if you look up uh, Amazon Fueled by Success, um, then you'll find me on there. Uh, by all means, get in touch. You know, I like to have a chat with different people as well. And also on Facebook, uh, I've got a group on there as well and also a page um, by the same name, basically. So uh, by all means, look me up on there as well. Yeah, and honestly, if you've got any questions whatsoever um, for Gareth, uh, don't hesitate to put any comments under this video. Uh, Gareth will be able to see those comments. He's going to get back to you with with anything you've got and reach out to him as well he's if he's Gareth is most like absolutely in fact the the go-to guy when it comes to retail arbitrage for sure <laughs> I mean he just knows his stuff he's been doing this for a long time very very knowledgeable with experience you know he's got his this in this warehouse now he's very much hands-on taking massive action all the time so honestly thanks very much for coming in thank you keep doing what you're doing <laughs> and as always me and Gareth this time, inspiring you to take massive action every single day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Life Success Engineer podcast. If you enjoyed this, please take massive action on the strategies and make it happen every single day. If you want to support the podcast, please hit that subscribe button, head on over to iTunes and leave an honest review. I look forward to speaking to you again soon inspiring you every single day to keep taking massive action in your life and business. Take care.